Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast version of episode two, Joss versus the World. I have with me today Willie Dills SF, also known as Dills from the Angry Chicken. Um, you should totally go follow him on Twitch because he's super, super cool. He just spent the last hour and a half teaching me how to Overwatch. So, Dills, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I am glad to be here. Episode two, exciting. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so for those of you who aren't familiar, Joss versus the world, the whole concept behind this is basically taking a new player and putting you into PvP situations. So that's kind of any multiplayer game where you're going to be playing against somebody else who's a real person as opposed to playing against the environment or NPCs. So uh, this week we were talking about Overwatch. It's uh, in open beta as of tomorrow, which is very exciting. And uh, yeah, so we figured it was just a good idea to give you guys a rundown of kind of what you should know and what you should do going into Overwatch as a new player. So first things first, I think we're going to go over the maps because there's basically four different kinds of play modes inside of Overwatch, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, there's there's uh, payloads and there's control maps and then there's objective maps, it's, but it all of it essentially comes down to controlling some point on the map, whatever that may be. Right. So there's kind of, we've got the assault, which is just uh, two points. And actually, did we even do one of these today? I don't think that we got no. randomly, because it's a random queue into what game type. Like you can't choose, yeah. I want to escort. It's just you queue in and you get a random map, very similar to quick match and heroes. So yeah, each map has its own version of its game type. So you can't play like a payload on a, on a non-payload map, right? Right. It's, it's every every type of game is is a attached to a map. Right. So when you see it, like it also doesn't actually show you what game mode you're going to be going into. It just shows you whether you're attacking or defending. If it's a control map, then you're both attacking and it'll show you the name of the map that you're going into. And so if you're seeing Hanamura come up, Temple of Anubis or Volskaya Industries, those are your three assault maps. So those are the ones where there's going to be two points on the map. You have to control the first point and then move and control the second point, right? Yeah, yeah. And those are actually pretty fun because generally the first point will be slightly easier to take. So you'll have a little bit more gameplay around the first one. And then the second one can really get you stuck. Uh, although they did they did open up some things to make them a little bit easier on that second one because there were a lot of it's it's really difficult when there's these really tough choke points to get through as an attacking team. But it requires you to play together as a team and build your comp around what you're trying to do. So one thing that's really fun about those maps is that one comp might be really good for that first objective. And then when you get to point B, another comp might be better for that. Because um, a lot of times when you get to point B, the other team might just suddenly go all turrets everywhere. Right. Which <laughs> right. is generally a strategy you're going to see, especially early on. Yeah. Um, tons and tons of bastions and torbjorns and everything. And you got to figure out how to bust through that. Right. And then, so your second kind of map is going to be your escort map, which is Dorado, Route 66, and Watchpoint Gibraltar. And those are also known as payload maps. And basically you get a car looking thing, like a vehicle, right at the very start, right at the starting spawn point, And you have to get on the payload and essentially ride it to victory. So anytime that you're off the payload, it's going to stop moving. Anytime your enemy is on the payload, it's going to move backwards. So you have to make sure that you're constantly on that moving point which kind of adds a little bit more complexity to the hold the point game type. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that the Rather than just here's point A, here's point B, it's basically here's point A, point A is constantly moving through some sort of a, 
a pathway or something. And so that it dynamically changes. And it's kind of funny too because if you are really playing with you know strategic teams and teammates, you can alter your comp based on not only what the other team is doing but also different portions of that map because some of them are bigger choke points and need a little bit more defensive heroes to get through. So it's those are really fun as well just because it's it's not just here's one, here's another. It's here's one, now you're slightly changing as you come mm -hmm. around this corner. Here there's a little bit more ways to get flanked here, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things you can do as far as changing dynamically throughout uh, the entire pushing of the payload. Mm -hmm. And then, so our third type of map is the hybrid, which is uh, Na Nambini, Nambani, however, Nambani, however you say Nambani. that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a song. <laughs> uh, Hollywood and King's Row. And actually, King's Row is probably my, well, oh, I'm not sure actually now between Hanamura and King's Row, but it's one of my favorite designs. It's based off of kind of like a London, England sort of a look. And so I really enjoy King's Row. And it's a super fun map, too, because mm -hmm. that beginning part, you come around that wall and yes. and there's the bus right there. So there's all these kind of uh, like parts of, you know, pieces of the yeah. map you can use to your to your advantage and stuff. And one of my favorite things to do there is to play uh, Farah and then just come flying around the top and just blast down <laughs> on top of everybody uh, on that page uh, or on that first checkpoint. But mm -hmm. that was also the map where we did the the six stealth Winstons one time <laughs> uh, as. Yeah, well, we were defending. We all came in and we all hid in there's passageways all around the mm -hmm. first uh, checkpoint. And we all hid in those passageways, waited for the other team to come in and waited until it said that they were on the, the checkpoint. And then just suddenly Winston's from everywhere. <laughs> just that would be terrifying fun. and really yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, And we totally won the game, too, yeah. which was amazing. We thought it was not going to work at all, but it totally worked. Uh, so that's the hybrid style map where you have a point a little bit apart from where your starting spawn zone is, a point that you have to take to spawn the payload, and then you have kind of like a shorter route that the payload has to travel. So it's got aspects of both assault and escort in it. And again, those are the Numbani, Hollywood, and King's Row maps. And then finally, we've got Control, which actually we ended up getting thrown into quite a lot today. And yeah. Control is basically like king of the hill and it's a best uh two of three so both teams are attacking there's one spot on the map that you have to hold and so you have to control it and then wait for time to tick basically until you get to 100 percent control so those yeah those maps, once you have it you don't have to stand on it to hold it right the other team has to stand on it to take to it. take it back yeah. yeah so uh that is nepal Liang Tower and Ilios, which Ilios I think is is another one of my favorites in terms of just um, design because it's got a giant hole in the middle. So there's the control point, and most of the control point is instant death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's right there directly on it. You have to be careful. So you're running around the outside of yep. it, which actually makes a bunch of the control maps have some sort of similar situation. Um, the was it Nepal. Uh, there's one one of the checkpoints has basically a room you go into with a giant cylinder in the middle So everyone's running around that thing Then there's another one where you're on a platform with a couple of holes And then there's a little room off to the side that you can hide in mm -hmm. so there's a lot of interesting Kind of takes on what those control points actually look like they're not often just Squares with nothing going on in there. There's right. generally something 
to hide behind, to avoid, to knock people into. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of uh, every single one is slightly different. Yeah, and the Ilios map as a like in, just in general in games. I'm one of those people that just jumps for no reason. Like when I'm running, yeah. I'm just constantly jumping. And That's from a lifetime of WoW playing. Really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just constantly jumping. So I'm like, yeah, you have to be very careful because there's either destructible objects in Overwatch or sometimes just really low walls. And you think, you know, from just being trained in video games, you know, you generally can't fall off the world. You can totally <laughs> fall off the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very, very yeah. easy. And sometimes there will be a railing and then someone will shoot the railing and it's gone. And then you're expecting a railing and, and it's gone. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you can always fall you off can of everything fall. in Overwatch. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, there's some places, there's no fall damage in general in Overwatch. So you can jump off of super high buildings or whatever. And as long as you land in the play, in the map, yeah. In the map, you're good. But, you know, I was playing Genji and I, my shift is actually a, it's like a leaping slash ability. So I actually do damage, but I also leap forward. And you can use it to move quickly or you can use it as a damage ability. And I was trying to get away from a Junkrat's ultimate, which is the tire. It's like this exploding tire. And I just shift forward right off of the map and <laughs> killed myself. So yeah. you got to be really careful you when you have heroes like me. that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Reinhardt's another one. I think you're talking about Reinhardt's suggesting oh Reinhardt as, yes. a, as a, a beginner tune. But Reinhardt, when you use the shift and you charge forward, if... There's nothing to stop you. You'll just keep going off. Yes, you will keep going as Reinhardt indefinitely. It's not like you charge for a short time or anything. It's like when you get into that rocket charge, you're just going. So Mm -hmm. I've done that actually off the back of Hanamura a couple of times off the back of that control point because I've missed the person and I've missed the pole in the middle of the room and you just go shooting right off the side (laughs) and there's nothing you can do about it. So (laughs) map awareness is really, really important in Overwatch. Also, a couple of times while we were talking about maps, uh, Dills actually mentioned uh, comp, which is basically your composition of heroes, your team. You've got six heroes, and unlike other kind of MOBAs and and other things where you're choosing who you want to play, in Overwatch, you're not locked in after the start of your map. So you have to kind of have the ability to switch roles and be fluid because... You can change it throughout the map and your team's going to be changing comp and the opposing team is going to be changing comp. So you don't really want to say like, I am a Reinhardt main and I play Reinhardt and this is how it's going to be because that's going to be probably detrimental to your team in the long run. Yeah, it's, this is one of the things I've noticed because a lot of players when they first heard about this were not really very happy about it. But this isn't really a new concept. Uh, you know, Team Fortress 2, which is a game that you can really compare this to, mm-hmm. had this kind of fluidity as well. Um, another game that I recently just played because I, I just got into the beta is Dreadnought, which is a kind of a uh, World of Tanks style MOBA with spaceships. And in that, when you die, you can decide to change to a different type of ship. Um, basically, one comp is going to be better than another in most situations, and heroes kind of counter each other in this game. So mm-hmm. to make it so that the play is interesting, because you know if, if you play a game of heroes, and the other team just chooses a better comp than you, you just lose, and it takes 20 minutes and sucks. <laughs> yeah. I really like the fact that during the, during the game, I can say, this isn't working, we need to ch- you know, switch something else. And uh, you know, so you, you need to be ready to do that, which means that you can't main a character really in, uh, in Overwatch and be an effective player, or as effective as you could be. Um, I know a lot of people who are very good with a specific hero, and that's great, but if the comp isn't requiring you to be that hero, 
you need to be ready to switch to do something else. So it's a good idea to familiarize yourself with several different roles and several different heroes within each role. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, there's 21 heroes. It's not that crazy yeah. to learn them all, you know. And I find even within a role, even if you just know two, because they do play all very differently. And and my traditional kind of favorite role when I'm starting a game is support, because generally no one really likes to play support. Everyone wants to be right up there doing the damage, getting the kills, you know. So support is usually one of those um, roles that people are just like, well, yeah, they shy away from. So that's usually my go-to because you're also generally very appreciated. <laughs> Not yeah, a lot no, of people you're will yell at the healer. Or if they do, then you just don't heal them. Well, and then they they just... learn real quickly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's true. It's, uh, if you're not a very good shooter, you don't have very good Twitch skills as far as FPSs go, uh, you could still do quite a bit of helping and getting your team to victory by choosing some of the other heroes that don't require you to actually aim and hit things. Yeah. They just require you to get into the right position, be willing to help, do the things that you need to do uh, to support the other players who maybe are good at shooting stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you said, support is a great role for that. Also tanking. um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the Torbjorning, the building and stuff like that that really helps, too. Yeah, so there's actually four different kinds of heroes in Overwatch. You've got your builders and like your defense type heroes, which usually is your builders and your snipers. Then you've got your traditional, like, big tanky dudes. You've got your supporting characters. And then you've got your traditional kind of damage dealers. So there's a lot of room to find a character that you're comfortable with in each role. And that kind of gives you the flexibility to change things up. And I know uh, even within the support role, um, the two that I played today were Lucio and Mercy, both of which are really new player friendly and don't require a whole ton of aim. But then Lucio is more of like an AOE kind of a person. So you have to think a lot about positioning and making sure that you're basically buffing and healing as many of your party members as you possibly can. And then with Mercy, you're a single target healer. So again, you've got that support role, but you're, you know, have two different play styles. And with Mercy, you kind of, once you lock your beam on, you don't have to keep your person straight in your sight. So there's a little bit of flexibility there that doesn't require aiming. So again, yeah. very good for a new player. Yeah, basically, as, as long as they're in your frame of vision, your field of vision, you can just click and it'll hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about it that is a little bit tricky, though, is sometimes you want it to go to a specific target, and that can be a little bit tough when people are a little clumped up. So yeah. um, one thing with Mercy is you want to make sure, pay, pay attention to which target you're actually healing. Mm-hmm. They do give you a nice bar, that shows you if the person you're healing is actually already full or not. Uh, and Mercy can also do damage buffing, which is really, yes. really effective on certain heroes. So <laughs> Damage uh, buffing a Bastion when you're in defense yep. is just like, it's you gross. can just mow people down in yeah. seconds. Bastion is already quite powerful uh, for a new player, but buffed by Mercy, it's just... <laughs> mm-hmm. The other <laughs> thing about Lucio, too, is that Lucio doesn't have to think about the healing as much, so mm-hmm. you can still be an offensive hero because... Once you get good, the gun takes a little while to get used to. Yeah, it's very uh, different. It's it's almost yeah. like an AOE kind of a spray. Like the closer you are, the I found the easier it is to actually hit someone who's in your target. Well, it, it moves slower than a lot of other bullets. It's not like instantly it gets there. It's like a plasma rifle thing. Yeah. It's like it shoots in bursts too with your mm-hmm. left click. So it's like ta 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 ta, and then you watch them go, and they go slow. So you really have to lead people quite a bit, but. It's so good for stationary targets because it goes exactly where you aim it. So when you're going up against turrets or bastions or something like that, you can basically pop out. Once you're aimed at them, it's going to go all the way to them. It's actually going to do quite a bit of damage. So I find 
Lucio very good for for turret busting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're right. It's uh it's tough to hit people who are running around really fast. So he's not great <laughs> yeah. at doing that. But you do also have the the knockback ability with the right click, which is really really good. And now outside of that, you're just also healing people. You're just always also doing that or yeah. giving a speed buff. So he's he's pretty nice for new here uh, new players for sure. Mm-hmm. And then if you feel that your role or your like traditional thing that you like to do is more in terms of like a damage kind of a role, then Soldier 76 is pretty much like your basic like soldier with a gun. I yep. shoot bullets <laughs> like there's there's not a whole lot of complicatedness going on with him. He's and, literally just like a foot soldier guy. Uh, yeah. He has rockets and he also has the ability to heal himself mm-hmm. and move really fast. So he's just got a lot of tools to be very effective and does a lot of damage. So yeah. He's a great hero. He is, and he has the alt, which I think uh, most people were a little bit upset about when the game first came out because his alt is essentially what is generally banned in first-person shooters, which is basically an aimbot. Mm-hmm. So once you charge up your alt, then you basically push a button, and then it just almost aims for you, and you do a ton of damage. <laughs> yeah, you and you're kind of hitting them with headshots too. Yes. Uh, so it's... <laughs> It does a lot of damage really quickly. You still have to reload and stuff, so I, I don't. I wouldn't call it an overpowered ultimate, but it's a very, very good one. And it's funny because a lot of people hear uh, they hear McCree's high noon and they go, "Oh God, we gotta hide." <laughs> yeah. But when you hear, "I've got you in my sights," yo, you <laughs> need to hide. That's just guys. as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be really, really, really bad. So uh, I, you know, I've had some of my best plays of the game. I've killed entire other teams with Soldier with the alt because you can. You know, blast people, you know, blast a bunch of people during the reload phase. You can then fire a rocket. Then you're still in that whole uh, tactical visor phase. So then you can continue to, to kill people. I've killed entire teams. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty disgusting how much damage you put out. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, he's a lot of fun. He's really easy to wrap your head around. So, again, if you're looking for damage, that's that's a pretty good go to. Um, Reaper is another one who I find was like, first of all, he looked super cool. So I was obviously attracted to him when I started playing, um, just because like he's, he's got double shotguns when he reloads, he doesn't even like put bullets back in his shotguns. He just drops them completely and like picks up new ones because <laughs> he's just that badass. Um, and the thing about Reaper is, uh, you do have to really know positioning cause your whole job is to try to flank the other team. But you have a get out of jail free key, which is your teleport. So you can literally just like, oh, I'm here. Oh, no, I'm not. Bye. And you also yeah. have your escape where you basically turn into smoke and they can't damage you. You can't do damage, but yeah, you can get out but of you some can pretty get away. sticky situations. Yeah. yeah, you can get away and you can find, you know, find somewhere to hide real quick mm-hmm. and then get set up again. Um, yeah, Re- Reaper is really tough and Reaper is very, very good at getting behind so if a team has turtled up a little bit and they've got a bunch of turrets going and things, you can actually teleport behind them or run around and then you know just basically turn yourself invincible for a second, float around behind them, and then if you have your ultimate ready, um, it kills everybody in a in a circle area, and it does a ton of damage. It's the death blossom ability. So you're really really good at at getting behind uh, enemy lines and sneaking up on people. The one thing I will say though is that if you're if you're a little bit, if you're someone who has a little bit of trouble with aiming and twitchy stuff, you're always fighting in really close combat, and mm-hmm. if people are moving around a lot, it can be very tough. You have to get in close to be able to do the damage that Reaper does. So, it's not going to be something that you can hang back and be safe. You've really got to get in the mix. Yeah, true. 
Um, so speaking of getting in the mix, I think we've pretty much covered all of the roles so far, except for the tanks. So if you're a new player and you're like, I just want to be a big giant meat shield for my team, um, you can, I think from a new player perspective, you can go with Reinhardt. He's pretty straightforward and is basically just a wall. Um, and May, who makes walls out of ice, I think she's, she's pretty good too for a, doesn't require a whole lot of aim and is pretty cool flavor wise for the game. So, uh, new player wise tanks, you think Reinhardt and May are good choices? Uh, yeah, May, May is really good because May never runs out of bullets. Um, May has a really good ability to stop all incoming bullets for a while. So you can really help your entire team out similar to what Reinhardt does. Um, Reinhardt obviously doesn't have to aim Mm -hmm. as much because everything is melee, but you do have your E ability, which is this kind of like fire cannon thing that, uh, that does have to be aimed. And that's a little bit tricky to kind of get a hang of how to actually hit people with. But yeah, there, those I would say are probably the two easiest ones to start with. Uh, Winston is a little bit tough because you got to get in close. You got to be ready to use your melee plus your gun. Um, your shield doesn't quite last as long as your giants are easy to hit. But Winston can be really, really fun, I think, as well for new players. But then when you start to get to, like, Zarya and stuff, it gets really tricky. Yes. Uh, Zarya and Roadhog, you have to be able to manage your abilities and hit people with them effectively to, mm-hmm. to do good stuff. So, yeah, I would say start, start, with, uh, start with those two and, and work your way up. Yeah, the great thing about May that I really like and kind of what makes her not require as much aim as other people is that her gun actually is like a freeze cannon. So you can slow down to the point of stopping your opponent's movement and then you can do your damage. So you kind of make your, make your target instead of kind of zipping all over the screen, all of a sudden just in one spot and then you could be like, okay, charge up shot to the head, done. (laughs) Which is so much easier with stationary targets, obviously. So she has the ability to kind of make anyone a stationary target. Mm Mm-hmm. Which will help the rest of the team very much. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of um, the overview of what we think are the easy-ish, because it's still a first-person shooter, so there's still a little bit of skill required, but the easy-ish heroes. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, there's one more we haven't really talked about, which is uh, Torbjorn. I I recommend Torbjorn for newer players all the time, because uh, Torbjorn does the aiming for you, because the (laughs) turrets automatically lock on to people. So the the trick with Torbjorn, though, because a lot of people then... They don't play Torbjorn as really an aggressive, uh, you know, an aggressive hero. They play Torbjorn more as I put this turret up and then I stand near it and hammer it. <laughs> what you really want to do is you want to just drop the turret. If you have time, you can get it up to rank two by just hitting it six times. Uh, but you don't have to. A lot of times you can just drop the turret and then keep moving because the turret at rank one will still be doing some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always recommend, like, if you're in a one-on-one fight, you just drop a turret and keep moving. But what you can really do with Torbjorn is that's very cool is just be two heroes at the same time. So you drop your turret in one place and then you kind of move to another spot and now you're effectively shooting at the opposing team. Like you've made your team seven people kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gives you this kind of numbers advantage and a tactical advantage where you can kind of protect your own turret from somewhere and your turret can protect you so you can find ways to, to really maximize the the coverage that you have when people are trying to take object, objectives from you. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. One thing that new players need to watch out for is some heroes are much better for attacking. Some heroes are much better for defending. Try not to get locked into a hero that's not good at attacking when you're attacking. <laughs> like try to pay Torbjorn? attention. 
<laughs> yeah, Torbjorn attacking is can not be so done, good. not super effective. Um, uh, Symmetra is like the same way. There's there's certain maps where it can be really good because you want to you know teleport a long way, but most of the time Symmetra is going to be great when you're defending because you can get set up in a room with a bunch of turrets and then mm-hmm. get a, a portal set up for your team. So yeah. you want to pay attention to what your team is trying to do on that map when you pick your heroes. Yeah, and the other great thing when you're picking your heroes is that Overwatch is actually going to give you some hints. So up on the right-hand side, so you'll see who everyone on your team has picked to play, and you'll get little warnings saying things like, you're defending and you don't have a sniper, so you should probably pick a sniper. And as soon as those things are, or those roles are filled, then the warning will go away and it reevaluates your team and it'll give you new warnings should you need them. So Mm -hmm. once all the warnings on the right-hand side are gone you've got a good team comp and you didn't have to go look it up on the internet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Pay attention to those tips. They're, they're pretty good. They're not, you don't have to live by them. You can definitely try out some fun stuff, but they're a good starting point mm-hmm. for understanding whether your comp is good or not. Absolutely. So since you can actually go in and change your comp from kind of like anytime you die or anytime you go back to your spawn point, cause you can just run back if you really think that you need to change up your hero. Um, one of the things that you're going to have to do throughout the match is take a look at your comp and what your opponents are playing and think about counters. So we kind of made a list of people that we think that you're probably going to experience games against playing in the kind of new player lower ranks. And so you're probably going to see a lot of Bastion, Soldier 76, Mercy, Torbjorn, Farah, Reinhardt, and maybe potentially Tracer because she counters a lot and she's like the poster girl of Overwatch. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to see a lot of people in your early matches jumping in on Tracer. So um, we'll kind of go through these fairly quickly. Um, but basically, we'll start off with Bastion because Bastion is everywhere. <laughs> He's, oh, yeah. He can be so frustrating to walk around a corner and you just get mowed down by a machine gun, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think is the best way to counter Bastion as a newer player? Uh, well, countering Bastion, it can be done with people who can hit him from long range. So uh, I really like Pharahs and Widowmakers for killing Bastions. Um, you can, you know, get kind of be in a hidden spot or a tough to reach spot far away from Bastion where Bastion is not going to be able to hit you as effectively. And you can just blast Bastion when Bastion doesn't realize you're there. Uh, the other thing, too, is to have a Reinhardt up and get some people behind Reinhardt's shield. Bastion does chew through the shield pretty fast, so you're going to have to make sure you're Focusing You're him down. Doing the damage yeah. to him before the shield goes down. Um, but it's it's another way you can, like, if you can't get to a Bastion, you can get a Reinhardt up in front and you can get some people behind it and you should be able to kill it with, like, a McCree or a Soldier 76 or somebody just behind that shield. You just have to make sure you're effectively shooting at him. And then the last thing I would say is, like, someone like Genji or, um, or, uh, uh, we just talked about him. The guy who uh, the guy who can who can death blossom. Get behind Reaper. You. Reaper. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those guys because they can get behind faster yes. really quick. Um, and Genji also has the ability to deflect all of the bullets, so mm-hmm. you can actually get right up on him. And then if he turns on you, you deflect all the bullets right back at Bastion, which is pretty yeah. nice. So. Yeah, that's a very, very, very powerful ability coming out of Genji. Uh, so for Soldier seventy six, which again we talked about being uh, pretty straightforward, uh, easy-to-play damage dealer, uh, you're probably going to want to go with something probably tanky, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can get up on Soldier 76, I really like, uh, if I see a soldier and I'm playing uh, I'm playing Winston or something, I just get right on his butt and he never gets away from me. <laughs> um, but the other thing, too, is someone like a McCree can be really good against a soldier because you stun him and then you just blow him up. A uh, soldier doesn't have, like, a whole lot of health, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a standard amount of health, but that, they do have the healing. So you need to be able to kind of burst them down from full to dead. Because, um, you know, from far away, if you're hitting them a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, then uh, Soldier will just be able to heal back up. Yeah, so you kind of want to take him down from full to dead. Also, Soldier will just get sniped by Widowmakers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So those are are also decent. Um, Soldier's very good against Pharah, though, because Pharah flies up in the air and Soldier can actually aim and... uh, and shoot her down. And take her down, yeah. Yeah, so Farah's not going to be... If, if if there's a bunch of soldiers, you probably don't want to be a Farah. <laughs> well, actually, Farah is the next one that I was going to say. How do you counter a Farah? So Soldier 76. <laughs> yeah, Soldier's great. Um, you really don't want to be any type of hero that that can't hit things in the air. So, like, Junkrat <laughs> really sucks against Farahs because uh, you're, you know, you're launching these grenades and none of them are actually hitting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, I, I think when you're facing when you're facing a fair, you want to be people that can shoot straight into the sky quickly, right? So I really like McCree's too because your gun is very accurate, shoots up into the sky. You have to hit Farah directly, right? Yeah. So um, another thing too that's really cool against Farah's is road hogging and grabbing her out of the sky, pulling her down because she wants to be in the sky, floating around above you. Um, but then you know there's Heroes that, that can't get up there are going to be awful. So, mm-hmm. so you know, no Reinhardts, no Your Mercies, your Reinhardts, yeah. Winston. <laughs> yeah, those are all going to be really, really bad. In fact, pretty much all the tanks get kind of wrecked by Pharaohs. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, I will say this, uh, though. Pharaoh that's out and about, like I said, Pharaoh was a good Bastion counter, but Bastion mm-hmm. can blast Pharaoh out of the sky, too. Mm-hmm. So if you see a Pharaoh in your Bastion, you can totally just murder her really quickly. Right. So, uh, what about you? Because you talked about how tanks generally get wrecked by Pharah, but what about Diva? Because she has the ability to reflect attacks back. So, does that? Well, she doesn't reflect missiles. She reflects. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she actually she doesn't reflect them. She just stops them basically, mm. right? So they hit that force field. But I'm pretty sure the missile still explodes. So yeah, so missiles are a little bit good. different from yeah. the rest of the projectiles. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned how <laughs> this hero can really get blown up by a Pharah, but Mercy. So she, we mentioned, is a really, really good kind of new player friendly, also a support hero. So, mm-hmm. you know, just generally a good pick when you're when you're going into Overwatch. Um, how do you counter a Mercy? Because her healing is insane. Her healing is really good, um, but she herself is very weak. So she's really dependent on her team protecting her, right? Mm-hmm. So... To to get at mercies, you really just like all of the heroes that can get kind of behind enemy lines are going to be really good. So the Genjis and the tracers, um, yeah, tracer absolutely. Tracer is a great one because you can you can zip in behind, target her specifically, and once she's down, then you know the the rest of the team loses a lot of effectiveness. One thing that you really want to be careful of, I, I would say, more than the specific hero is good against mercy, it's a play style. Killing everyone else except mercy can really backfire when she just reses the entire team. Yeah. So really make sure that you, when there's a Mercy, that you're focusing on the Mercy. Kill the Mercy. She's got to go. What do you think about using, for some of those heroes that kind of hang back a little bit more, maybe using a Zenyatta on the other team because of that Discord orb that kind of like stays with them, follows them around, uh, does increase or increases the damage done to them, 
And you can always see the Discord orb on the map, so you kind of know about where the positioning is of those kind of backline heroes. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Discord orb is very powerful, but you're going to still rely on someone else from your team actually targeting her, right? And yes, getting yeah. to her. So, um, yeah, I definitely say that that's, a, that's definitely a good hero for, uh, for doing that as well because you, you not only, when you put the Discord orb, even if you don't kill Mercy, you force her to hide. Mm-hmm. Which uh, rem- you know removes some of the effectiveness. However, they recently they nerfed Discord Orb quite a bit. Yeah. Where, sad face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like if she hides just for a second, it goes away. It used to kind of stick to them for a while. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no. You're 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 definitely right. There's something there for sure. Uh, so we also talked about Bastion, who is you know turret number one. Torbjorn as turret number two. You're going to see a lot of just all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so do we have the same sort of counters for Torbjorn because he is. He's kind of funny. Like Bastion is stationary and then movable, and Torbjorn is kind of stationary and movable at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the the tricky thing about the Torbjorns is you can kill the turret, and then the Torbjorn makes another one pretty quick. So it's not always that great just to be killing the turret, but it is something that's necessary to do. And there's turrets that are going to be you know in really tough spots, and if you don't get if you don't take care of them, you know then it's going to make life hard on you. So. Uh, people who can hit the turrets from far away, because the turrets do have a range, right? Mm. They lock on instantly, <laughs> but they do have a range. So uh, the same, you know, some of the same heroes that I said earlier, the Pharaohs, the Widowmakers, those kind of things, they can really kill the turrets fast. Um, junk rats can sometimes find ways to lob their grenades at mm. the turrets without being in line of sight at all. So you can ricochet them off of ricochet your grenades off of a wall or something like that. Uh, and then I really like Lucio too because Lucio can shoot from long distance and the shots are really accurate. Right. Um, so I think there's there's a lot there. And then of course you can also if you can get right up on him with the Genjis and use the the flecting, then that can be pretty good too. Mm-hmm. The problem is you got to get right up on him and the turret will definitely be on you too. So you've yes. got to make sure you kill it fast. Um, and tracers with the Q ability can this the sticky bomb thing can get them pretty oh, good. Right. So yeah. But uh, again, it's like once you kill the turret, you really need to make sure you also get the Torbjorn while he's kind of gimped because the turret's down, right? Right. Uh, if you leave the Torbjorn up and just kill the turret, you didn't actually do that much. You you might have opened up the the ability for your team to get in there, but you didn't actually kill the hero. Take a hero down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just took a turret down. Yeah. So. Um, you talked about being able to use Junkrat to to bounce things off the wall to get around behind stuff. So our last year, I think we're going to talk about countering is Reinhardt which is, I think, the key to Reinhardt with his big, huge shield is get around behind him somehow. So is Junkrat mm-hmm. one of those counters to Reinhardt? I think so. I think Junkrat's very good, but uh, but again, like the the Reapers and the Genjis are going to be great against, uh, against the Reinhardt. Uh, and also, yeah, he is so big. You know, a lot of times you see the shield up and you're like, ah, it's just a waste of my, of my bullets to be shooting the shield. But there's nothing else to shoot. You should just shoot the shield mm-hmm. because... Taking the shield away, they have to regenerate it, right? Yes, and that so takes longer than you think. When you're playing yeah, exactly. against a Reinhardt, you feel like his shield is always up. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's people just like putting it up and taking it down and putting it up and taking it down because, um, yeah, the more damage you pump into that shield, the longer it's going to take them to get it back and for it to be effective. Exactly, exactly. So uh, one thing that I one thing that I really like to do when I play against the Reinhardt is just blast at the shield until there's a better target to shoot mm-hmm. because it's... You need to make sure that Reinhardt is not just up and safe at all times. So it sucks. It absorbs quite a bit of damage. It's like 2,000 hit points or something. Yeah. 
So it's, I think it is a lot. It's 2,000 damage, and he has either 500 or 550 health. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but he's a beast. Versus, yeah. like, say, a Mercy, which I think has 150 health. So, yeah. I mean, like, he is blocking enough damage for you to kill a Mercy, like, 20 times over. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of times, once if you can get the Reinhardt down, the rest of the team isn't really ready for not having their shield, right? Mm-hmm. So taking the Reinhardt down is actually a really, really... Like, a lot of times it's like, don't attack the tanks, kill the squishies. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think with in Reinhardt's case, killing Reinhardt is so effective at opening up the ability to kill the rest of the team yeah. that I, I go ahead and I just kind of go for him and, until there's a better target presented. But yeah, uh, yeah be, just try not to be in front of Reinhardt. Get to the <laughs> sides of Reinhardt. Make him constantly be like turning, turning and figuring out and new places to be. Uh, and then the the Farah, uh, the the Farah missiles are very good because you can fly up above and shoot straight down. And unless he turns and puts the shield straight over the top of him, which then opens him up mm-hmm. for people on your uh, you know your ground attackers, uh, Farah can be really really good at dealing with Reinhardt. Plus those missiles do a ton of damage to the shield. Right. Yeah, they hit the shield and explode, and they just they they blow it up quick. Well, and the other thing I think we should mention, although she is very very difficult to play, um, Symmetra actually her I guess her. Her alternate shot is like a charged shot, and it'll go right through Reinhardt's shield. It'll go. I think it also went right through Bastion's shield back when Bastion actually had a shield. Yeah. So Symmetra's right click goes straight through shields. Um, I feel like there's something else that does too, but I can't remember what it is. There's something else that goes through shields, yeah. but that that is one of. And so that it's a slow moving plasma ball, but. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care about shields at all, so So, that is another good point. Symmetra could potentially be, and especially, too, with her turrets, if you get a Reinhardt coming around a corner who doesn't realize your turret is there, those those turrets can actually do quite a lot of damage. So It's actually hard for Reinhardt to kill those Symmetra turrets, too. Especially if you put them up high, oh my god. Yeah, because his only attack is really that that melee outside of the E, which has a cooldown. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and it's a fairly slow attack. It's a big, brutal attack, but it's fairly slow, so... You swipe at one, and then you're turning, trying to find the other one. And by the time you find it, okay, now I swipe that one. I've yeah. taken a bunch of damage. Yeah. So, yeah, Symmetra is definitely pretty good. Yeah. So I think that that's actually, we're, we're running out of time. So I think that that's all we're going to have time to talk about. But I think it's a pretty good start uh, place to start for you guys if you're looking to get into Overwatch. Uh, open beta starts up tomorrow. Actually, I think for North America, it's actually tonight, possibly in the next 25 minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's imminent. So... Uh, I hope this helped you guys. Uh, Dills, thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, well, you can find... I'll probably be doing some Overwatch streaming during DreamHack, so if you are interested in watching someone play Overwatch, uh, and in between me playing in the Hearthstone tournament, or once I get eliminated, <laughs> I'll probably be doing some some Overwatching from my land seat and stuff, so uh, the, the Twitch stream is probably the, the best place to see gameplay and stuff for me, and that is twitch.tv slash willydillssf. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at Willie Dills, and the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Willie Dills SF. Uh, there's a lot of videos with some vlog plus gameplay stuff going up uh, pretty consistently there, so check that out. Awesome. So again, thank you so much for joining me. If you guys want to follow the show, you can actually just follow me at Joss Plays because uh, the whole concept of the show is I'm doing it every week and I'm going to have a different guest. So I figured it's probably easier if you just contact me because that's all there is to the show. Uh, So you can follow me at Joss Plays everywhere, JossPlays.com, Joss Plays on Twitter and Joss Plays on Twitch. So thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you next week.